Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. In this episode, I'm delighted to be continuing our series on transitions by chatting with Kathleen Cash and Lorraine Cash from Tiernanogan, Athai in County Kildare, which was the winner of the 2020 uh, Transitions for Children Award. Kathleen opened Tiernanogue in July of 1996 uh, when she was returning to work after retraining initially as a hotel catering and management um, to Montessori education after the birth of her two young children, Lorraine and James. Kathleen couldn't find suitable childcare for her two children, so she decided to open her own earlier setting which evolved from having one member of staff then and eight children in its first year to now over 20 highly skilled educators and over 120 families. Tiernan Oak caters for children from 12 months to 12 years within a full daycare setting. And now Kathleen's daughter, Lorraine, uh, who inspired the creation of the service, now works alongside Kathleen, having been kind of raised in Tiernan Oak and completing her level eight and a master's in early childhood education and care. The ethos of Tiernanogue is to create a home from home setting where each child feels loved, happy and can reach their full potential. So Kathleen and Lorraine, you're really welcome. Hi Maura. Hello Maura, thank you. So Kathleen, um, I summarised it very briefly there and made it sound kind of easy, but um, can you tell us a little bit more about Tiernan Oak and how it has developed over the years? Yes, of course, Mara. Well, I suppose you got the main thing there that why I opened Tiernan Oak 26 years ago. Lorraine and James were just young babies. And at the time, I had to go back to work. So myself and my husband had looked around really to see what we were going to do for childcare. And we both of us knew exactly what we wanted for our children, but we just didn't see it at the time. We just didn't see those environments where we felt that they could flourish or where they could really reach their full potential. So I thought, I'm going to do this. So I went and retrained while Lorraine was still only maybe 18, 19 months old at the time. And um, James was just after being born. When I got the two of them to a stage, I went back to retrain. And I retrained first with Bernard as we're doing the first outreach course in um, in Port Arlington. That's where they were doing the first outreach course. So I went to Port Arlington and did my Montessori course with them. And uh, I did first of all childcare with them, actually. And then I went to Dunleary and did my Montessori diploma with them or my Montessori degree with them. And along the way, while I was doing it, I knew exactly that that's what I wanted for every child that came through the door of Tiernan Oak. I just knew I was doing it for Lorraine and James, but I just thought, you know, each child needs to feel secure and loved and they need to be able to reach their full potential in an environment that's set up for them and a, and a prepared environment for them. So that's why Tiernan Oak, so in 1996, um, then uh, we opened our doors. And as uh, you said, Lorraine was, both of our children were practically raised in Tiernan Oak. They came to work then at that stage because um, we started first from 12 months old. So I was able to bring both of them with me. And they did the preschool with me. They went on to primary school then. Um, we started with just um, one room and eight children, two of them being my own children. <laughs> and we have progressed along the way to now where we have nine preschool rooms. Uh, we have 105 children. And we have, like you said, 20 really skilled educators um, on my team with me. 
we do a play-based curriculum. We do offer Montessori and Nina and an after-school service as well, um, with a real focus upon the outdoors. Uh, we have two very big, large gardens, and we have a smaller garden to the front of our building as well. Our building is set in um, a courtyard, a stone building set in a courtyard, so it lends itself really to um, the outdoors and just to lots of um, elements got to, you know, to for the children. And uh, you haven't moved premises, but the premises has expanded over the years. Isn't yeah. that right, Kathleen? That's correct, yeah. So it was in a courtyard. I first moved in when the first units that I took was just two units. So the courtyard is quite a big courtyard where there is buildings around the courtyard. So to this date, I have bought three of the extra units along the left-hand side of the courtyard. And now that, this is why we have the nine rooms now. So I was able to buy over the years along. And um, an additional one of those big gardens was the latest uh, purchase we made. So, Kathleen, it's it's clear from um, the award-winning submission last year that you you place a lot of emphasis on ensuring transitions are supportive, positive experiences for children and, of course, for their parents. Why do you think that's so important? Why do you put so much emphasis on the value of, of transitions? Well, our main objective is that the children and the families feel welcome and part of the setting and the ethos of the setting, like to create that home from home that you had talked about. But we feel that when children feel secure and confident in their environment with ingrained transitions within their daily within their daily practice, that then this will help the children. The children will be able to flourish and reach their full potential. But if those transitions are not smooth or if there isn't continuity within the transitions, the children won't reach that full potential, we feel. It's just so important that from the minute they come in the door in the morning that their, their day flows for the child. They know what they're doing, they know why they're doing it, and then more importantly, where they're doing it. And it's really important as well that the parents know that, we feel, that the parents know who's taking the child in in the morning, and that will bring us back to a key worker system so that the parent will know that the child has a key worker system throughout the day and the parent would know who's taking care of that children or report to them back in the evening as well, that, that when you're handing over um, the child in the evening, that the, uh, you know, the key worker can explain to the parent exactly how the day was for that child. That's also done. Lorraine will explain a little bit about that later on, about how that's done. But those transitions, that's why those transitions are so important for us, so that the child can reach the full potential. And if it is smooth, there will be, a, you know, if there are transitions throughout the day, we feel will enable them to do that. I really love that focus. I think it's something that we sometimes do is we focus on the transition into the setting, whether that's as a baby. And of course, they're important. I'm not saying they're not. But it, it the focus can be on the transition into the setting. And then when the child is moving on to primary school, I really love that what you focused on, Kathleen, has been. Mm-hmm. The transitions within the day, because that's what yeah. that's yeah. what influences the child's well-being, which, you know, like Barry Labour says, is one of the key indicators of quality is is well-being. Um, yes. Noreen, do you want to add something to, to that? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Maura. We and often you see that the big the big transitions are always celebrated and focused upon, like you said, the move to primary school. But we really do try to focus and celebrate the simple daily transitions because they're the ones, like you said, help to build the child's independence, their resilience. And then that in turn helps the child take those bigger leaps in their lives. So, yeah, with that, with our key worker system, when the child knows who they're coming into, what they're going to be doing, which room they're in, um, it helps the child to 
like instill that confidence within them. Well, I know what I'm doing today. I know where I'm going. I, I own this. Is, they, it instills the ownership upon the child as well. This is my environment. These are my friends. This is my teacher. And likewise, like Kathleen said, it's very important for the families to know that because then they can trust us. They know my child's educator is this person. I know they have my child's well-being at the forefront of what they do. So, Lorraine, maybe you could take us through some of those transition practices that you, that you've developed. And I'm conscious that what you submitted for the um, the award, the Transitions for Children Award last year, was pre-COVID. And obviously, yes. you know, so much of, of what we all do has changed since then. But so can you Absolutely. take us through some of those practices and how you've adapted them for uh, for COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had, of course, like every other setting in business around the world, nearly, we've had to adapt to the pandemic. But I suppose pre-COVID, um, we had very well ingrained um, systems in place to help children transition into our setting, you know, help them transition throughout the day into different activities or even different rooms when they're moving up and things like that, and then transition out of our setting. So I suppose some kind of examples would be um that we would support children and their families when they're new to our setting we use things like an all about me form which would cover different things like the child's likes their routines their dislikes it helps us to get to know the child and within this document there's also an area where parents can talk about their aspirations for their child while they're with us and these really help us and our and the educators to get to know the child and family before they even come to our setting. Um, along with obviously our registration forms and stuff that also carry a lot of other crucial information. But we always feel that the All About Me forms are super beneficial for us to get to know the child before they even come to us. Um, I suppose then the settling in period has been altered somewhat due to COVID because for a while we have to operate um, a closed door system just in uh, for public health and safety and for the health and safety of the children and educators. So obviously prior to COVID, the settling in would really revolve around the child and family. They'd be invited into the setting, they'd meet their educators, see their new room, and it would be done on a very slow kind of um, individual basis, depending on what that child needs, that much time that that child and family needs to get used to our setting, to build that relationship with their new educator, to meet these new children that they're going to be in a class with, to become familiar with their new environment. But now because of COVID, we've had to adapt, of course. So I suppose like Kathleen was talking about, our building, we're quite fortunate enough that we have a lot of different entrances and exits, uh, windows, a little front garden. So we really have to use our imagination because not many people can come in. It's only the educators and children at the moment. So we've really had to, I suppose, um, adapt. So we'd have children settling in maybe in the outdoor environments in the front of the buildings. We use a lot of digital technology. We send videos of educators, videos of the rooms, videos of the school. Uh, the children would communicate with their educators via like maybe Zoom and things to get to know them. Um, we really just, uh, we talk with parents a lot prior to it. And Kathleen may have mentioned, but we have kind of developed our car park, um, our courtyard into the new hub of our school. So we all come together now at the front of our school where educators will come out and meet and greet their parents and their children and everything out the front of our school now. So we've really 
try to come out to our families rather than bringing our families in and mm-hmm. ensure that they still feel as mo- as much welcomed as they can, even though they're physically not in the building. Um, we would have done pre-COVID a lot of different family days throughout the years. So like people would be in all the time for different events throughout the years, like um, a parents evening at the beginning of the year, coffee mornings, St. Patrick's community uh, morning, Christmas shows, graduations, etc. So uh, throughout COVID, we've really adapted again. So for our Christmas Day this year, we've actually incorporated the community um in with us and in our car park again transformed it into like a Christmas market style where the children came and they sang their concert the parents got to explore the market then with their children and it incorporated our local community as well a graduation this year which actually happens later on this week again we're going to transform the car park into a lovely area where the children can come and sing and dance and do their graduation ceremony and we'll have lovely surprises for the children afterwards and a lot as I've said is gone online now so we communicate with parents very often via email um, and videos etc we try to do a lot of slideshows and video clips for the parents to send them out on at least a monthly basis so they can see an insight into their child's day through obviously their email or their their computer um again it's nice for the the children to sit at home with their parents and go through those slideshows and those video clips and say like look that's me like that's what I was talking about there's my work or there's my room and you know these are my friends um so we've tried to adapt as much as we can uh with COVID um I suppose the transitions within the setting on a day-to-day basis um nothing has really changed there because of COVID we still go out and we warmly greet every parent and child every morning we think it's important to call everyone by name you know it fosters that relationship um and there's we share that informal conversation every day about how the child is in the morning and in the evening times we have formal daily report books which um offer the educators the chance to write down about how the child's day has gone and send it home so the parents can see what maybe the child has eaten, if they've slept, how their form was that day, what activities they've done, etc. And they're always signed off by the child's key educators. Um, We have continuity between the rooms in terms of visual routines, bells and timers, because we think it's very important that when a child gets used to transitional sound or a visual schedule that when they move to the next room, it's not a whole different thing that they need to get used to. So there's continuity between all the rooms from the baby room up as far as the senior preschool rooms and even the after schoolers use these as well. Um, just the, the child comes in and they're planning their day together with their educators and friends on their visual routine. They use the bells, they use the timers and they're all the same throughout the school. So you're always hearing dinging, dinging and noise, bell noises all day, you know. So every child is is used to those things. It's the continuity throughout the school. But, but I suppose, I suppose just, uh, can, I, can I just interject there? Yeah, I mean, you, you, when you say throughout the day, I think you did say in your submission that you've minimised the number of transitions Absolutely. within the day so that there's as much open-ended uh, time for play. Um, and so children have to stop and start a lot less than maybe before. That's so important to us as well, to give the child the time and opportunity to be engrossed in the play. So transitions are really kept to a minimum. And I suppose now with even COVID, things like the children going to play outside, we have a couple of 
every area has maybe their own designated class or pod that can use that area. But things like maybe when they're outside now um, and coming back in for the next pod to come, you'll hear that little ding. So they'll know, OK, we five minutes left now and let's clean up our toys or things. But no, in general, I think transition, it's very important to keep transitions to a minimum so the child has that opportunity to be like truly engrossed in what they're doing. Um, but when things do need to change, for example, if they're going to maybe uh, go outside or come back inside or something like that, they, they hear that noise that that will signal to them, OK, change is coming. And now I can prepare myself to get ready for this change. Um, I suppose something else that we find very beneficial is called our handover clipboards in the event that uh, an educator may be absent um, kind of spontaneously that day and somebody needs to go into their room. And I suppose now with COVID, it's slightly different because we've designated people for pods. Um, but pre-COVID, if a relief member of staff was going to cover an educator that was absent, this handover clipboard it was very, very beneficial because it outlined kind of the general daily routine. It would outline any information that someone would need to know to ensure that they can run the session and run that room as normal as possible to keep the continuity for the child when their kind of key worker just wasn't there for whatever reason. Um, and I suppose sometimes when there was planned absences, so if somebody was going to be on holiday or whatever, that the relief member of staff would link in with the key educator and there would be planning together and information exchange there together. The children would be like notified, look, I'm going to be going on my holidays, but don't worry now, like Kathleen will be with you this week. And, you know, it's it's all about, I suppose, communicating those transitions to the children we find very important as well. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, you mentioned trust earlier and, I, I, you know, I think that's clearly evidenced in, you know, that um, you want the child to feel that uh, atmosphere is security and trust. So, you know, it's respecting the child to say, well, actually, Lorraine isn't going to be here next week or Lorraine is going on her yeah. holidays or, you know, it's, yeah. and, and that respects parents as well. So that there aren't Absolutely. any unexpected surprises that if a child Absolutely. might need a little bit of reassurance over the, the week. Our weekend Absolutely, that they, yeah. you know, they're not going into any, um, yeah, you know, unexpected um, surprises on on the Monday. Absolutely, yeah, we do find it very important where we, if we know, for example, I will be out for two weeks on my holidays, that the parents are notified as well as the children. So then, when they are at home, we can talk about, well, your teacher is going to be on holidays now, but guess what? Guess who will mm. be in your classroom? And yeah, yeah. that's very. Important. And I think we find it very important that members of management know general routines for all the rooms as well, so they can support both key educators and relief staff to ensure the smooth transition and continuity for the care of all the children and all the families, do you know? So we have key people around the setting that know all the families, so we can keep people in the loop if there are happen to be any changes on a daily basis. Yeah, that's so important. Kathleen, have you anything to add to that? Process. Yes, around the team, our team really plays a huge role in this. When the team themselves are settling in, that the induction is done so well with the team that they're so confident that they can pass that confidence on to the children. That we find that really important, and that they they are even introduced if it is a team member maybe came on throughout a term, that that team new um, new member of team you know works alongside another educator that knows the children and and ease that that new um, team member into there. Yeah. 
that new educator into their position as well. That's also part. It's not just about the children. I think if the team are so secure and, you know, and feel comfortable in their environment, it's easier than to pass it on to the children. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it's a really important point you make because that's Mm -hmm. part of the the value and the ethos of of making it a home from home that uh, covers everybody in the building, not not just the children and families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lorraine and Kathleen, thank you so much for uh, taking us through um, that really comprehensive overview of the importance of transitions. And, you know, I love those those points you make about trust at extending to uh, adults and and children and parents and, uh, you know, and, and the the why of it being so important that you find the ways around what you what you do because you place such a value on transitions so thank you both very much for joining us and thank you for listening to early childhood ireland's podcast if you've enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and colleagues and i hope you'll join us next time